1: Hey, Stars fans, it's Jeff K, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to
2: Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hey guys, welcome back to a special edition episode of Starcastic Remarks. Alongside Chris and James, my name is Ryan. We are the official podcast of THPN. For the Dallas Stars, please go and use that promo code THPN the next time you use Raycon and also the next time you use DraftKings Sportsbook. We thank them for being our sponsors of this episode, of this podcast, and all of THPN. Uh, James is purposely being as loud as possible as he opens his saltines. So I'm struggling. That's how, that, that's how you know. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm struggling mightily, I should say. But, I mean, that's how you know that we're happy. James is having problems with his saltines. So, uh, we sure. have got we have got a... Ton of I, I can't I can't do it. it like, I can't either <laughs> I'm oh
0: done, my done, I'm done. <laughs> everyone has already left.
1: <laughs> this is like is Ryan screwing up the audio I, quality I'm again? here this time, so I have to mess with y'all. Right.
2: Well, you know who else got messed with is the freaking Minnesota Wild James. Oh, it was mm-hmm. awesome. But anyways, uh before we get into the episode tonight, I want to do a special shout out to one of my best friends, he got married uh, just yesterday on, on Sunday afternoon. His name is Garrett. He got married to his uh, lovely fiancée, who is now his wife, Rachel. Uh, I They're just incredible people, and I love them to death. And that's where I was all weekend. So I was very happy that the Stars finished it in six rather than having to go to game seven. Because if it had been game seven, I would not have been watching game seven. So, anyways. Let's talk about what we're going to talk about here today, guys. Uh we're going to get into the first round. The first round is literally ending as we talk. Uh right now, at the time of this recording, the Devils are up 2 to nothing in the second intermission over the New York Rangers. So that will be very interesting to see how that game ends. I'm sure that those of you that are listening to this afterwards already know what the result is, but we're going to be keeping track of that as we go. And uh we'll talk about each of the first round series, just very briefly, because there's a lot to talk about. Oh my goodness, this was one of the most bizarre first rounds we've had in a very long time. Uh We're going to get specifically into the Stars and Kraken series, and then if we have some time, we'll we'll look a little bit at some of the other series. But uh we also have to jump off pretty quick here, because we're going to go and do a joint episode with the Kraken pod of THBN. You know, I'm just going to say this just flat out off the top. Kraken fans are so much nicer than Minnesota wild fans. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know that was a joke across Twitter and across social media, but like, it's an actual thing. Like I, I am not going to be like upset. Like, well, I will, I will be upset. I take that back, but like, I will not be super upset if we lose to the Kraken because they're just genuinely nice people. Right. I, I, have you gotten that vibe from Kraken fans?
0: It, it's crazy. What happens when you don't gatekeep the sport. People like, yeah, <laughs> <No. laughs> Interesting. Oh
2: man. Well, before we get in any further, I want to get James's thoughts on the whole series against the Minnesota Wild in general, because he was not able to be with us on uh Friday night. So James, uh, I'll just go ahead and start with the question that I answered myself and that I also gave to Chris. But for you, what was the either a a defining moment in the series or what was the biggest difference? For you in the Minnesota-Dallas Star series,
1: uh, y'all, y'all were talking about like later games for turning point in the series and stuff. I honestly thought the turning point happened in game one. It happened in game one. It was the Pavs hit that was the turning point for me. I think if Pavelski doesn't get blown up and he's out of the series, then this series is probably a walk in the park, honestly. But that really brought it brought us to be more physical, like they wanted us to be. And it it really brought us into their game. And they they got a couple of games off of us from us doing that. But once once we got back to how we normally play, which Otter was the reason why we got back to how we normally play. Uh, I mean, we we rolled the rest of the way. It, it wasn't even a competition. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, Chris, just, let's just remind everybody, what was your biggest difference or your biggest defining moment of the series for you?
0: Uh, mine was the save that Otter made in game four and the dying embers, the big stop there. I mean, that really solidified what James said. That was kind of the turning point for the stars, was that big save and that from that point on they couldn't get otter. They had one goal on him the rest of the series.
2: Yeah. I, I was very similar, although I kind of talked about game four in general. Just the, the whole all of game four was if, if you don't have Ottinger in net, then I-, I don't I don't know if we I don't know how game four goes, to be honest, with you, because Minnesota was the better team. We just had a guy who was standing on his head and levitating at the same time. So it's very convenient that we had a otter and net for the Dallas Stars, though. So, um, Is there anything else we need to discuss about that series? James, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you think we need to make mention of?
1: Uh Not that I couldn't remember. I mean, y'all talked about uh, Johnston getting the game winning goal in the last game, which was crazy important for him because he was shooting like crazy and it it just wasn't going in. But Mm -hmm. I, I think he had the most shots out of any rookie in the playoffs. So,
2: Well, he really he really needs to get going. He really needs to get going. I, I think he can be a very big difference maker for the Stars uh, in this next series, which we'll I mean, we'll talk about here in a little bit. I mean, but. if he if he's
1: making Dodonov score like Dodonov did in the That's first true. round, then I don't That's think true. it matters.
2: Yeah. And well, Chris and I really talked about James. Is that there were multiple players that stepped up in in just different games, and like everybody stepped up at the right time when we needed something. Otter stepped up in Game 4. Uh, Sagan stepped up in Game 4. When we needed a hat trick in in Game 2, when it came to Rope hints, he stepped up. When there were some really big penalty kills that we needed to have done in Game 6, Roddick Fox was there. Ty Delandria was really good in Game 5. Was there someone that we need to sing the praises of a little bit more that you can think of?
1: Uh, Not off the top of my head, really. Other than... Jim Nil because uh, we had, <laughs> we had nine we had nine even strength goals. Uh, five of them are from players who we didn't have on our roster last year. The yep. had three, and Marchment had two. That
2: is crazy. Yep. That that's is big. absolutely crazy.
1: Um. Oh, that
2: and that's a good point. We'll we'll, we'll mention it one more time. But uh, Suter was probably like the folk hero of that first round series, just because of the his connection to Minnesota and how well he played in that series. That's the best hockey I think we've seen him play as a member of the Dallas Stars. He had more points than Kirill Kaprizov. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, James, for that stat.
1: <laughs> you're, and, you're welcome.
2: But, uh, I mean, either one of y'all can chime in on this, and, and then we'll move on from this. But talk about how important Suter was in that first-round series for the Dallas Stars. What, what, what was something that really kind of set him apart from the other four defensemen on that forward on that forward group on that defensive core,
0: I don't know that anything set him apart. I <laughs> think he just started playing good defense. I think he fit <laughs> in the group, and I think we're throwing him up top because of how much Minnesota hated him. I mean, it wasn't like he played amazing; he just played solid lockdown defense, like we expect from him, and that we didn't see very much for the entirety of the regular season.
1: Well, I think a large part of that has to do with Minnesota just not being fast. I mean, once we get to faster teams, he's going to get burned all the time. I mean, I I feel like he's going to get right back to that bad defensive style. I just think he's able, he he plays very positionally because he has to, because he's not fast. He's very slow. But with Minnesota, he, he didn't really have to worry about that. They didn't have anyone besides like Kaprizov maybe that could have skated around him.
0: Fair enough.
2: All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into some of these series, you guys. Um, Holy smokes, the the first round. Uh, I I think my bracket is completely shot. I didn't even bother going (laughs) back and trying to figure out how bad we did. I just know that we all did very badly. Like, very, very
1: badly. Let's just say if uh, the Rangers lose, I didn't even go 50%. (laughs) (laughs)
2: well so let's just go with some of the 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 lesser more talked about series let's talk about the oilers and the kings real quick so the oilers do end up taking care of business they're the higher seed over the los angeles kings and uh, they do win the series by a, a final four to two um, for me, I believe I had the Kings winning that series. I don't know about you guys. What, who did y'all have winning that series, if you remember?
0: I had Edmonton. Uh, it was a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be. Uh, for a six-game series, it was very close in my opinion. But yeah, I had Edmonton.
1: I had the Kings. I thought that series was over once McDavid found out how to get away from the Kings. I mean, they they kept them locked down in the first three games, and then he, he got out he got out of it somehow. I don't know what he did but he, he started picking up lots of points and that game, that series was over
2: and then in the opposite series in that same bracket uh, you had the the Vegas Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets and boy do we need to discuss the Winnipeg Jets because wow um so they they went it in five games which is not a like huge I surprise I, I think I think we either we all either said like four or five
0: no I yeah. took the Jets
2: oh you did yeah. take the Jets yeah, that was he my upset. Oh boy, wasn't wasn't that? There was a bunch of upsets,
0: pick. and I got it. I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> so obviously, the biggest storyline coming out of this series is not even the fact that Vegas played really well. It's the comments made by former Dallas Stars coach Rick Bonus after the game, after Game Five, and the fact that he was absolutely hacked off and his press conference lasted less than a minute i don't know if you guys heard any hear of the comments it. that uh, y'all are both like yeah no we heard it <laughs> uh did that
1: surprise you at all
0: no because the jets The Jets did they didn't that, even play were, that game <laughs> yeah they they were absolutely terrible
1: they actually didn't show up like i mean we talk about like how minnesota didn't show up in the last two games the stars played good in the last two games and gave them nothing. Yeah, the Jets didn't play Game Five.
0: <laughs> I don't know that the Knights played their best game at all in the series, and they almost swept them.
2: They didn't really they, have to. The You're Jets right, were guess. playing
0: absolutely awful. Well,
2: the the thing that was really kind of frustrating to watch was like I have I never saw a rig bonus like that as the head coach of the Dallas Stars, and maybe not like that, not like that at all, where he's basically. I mean, it's kind of like how Jim Lights called out Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan all those years ago, calling them their their play BS, complete BS or whatever he said. But, like, he was fired up. He was mad. And I think it's, like, it's completely logical, and it makes sense. At first, I was just like, see, well, there were some people on Twitter that were saying, see, see, Jets fans, we told you this is rig bonus and not taking a uh, responsibility for his coaching errors. And I'm like, I don't that think game was that's no coaching. coaching error. <laughs> I was about I, to say
0: I, I'm kind of on that because I mean, his team wasn't ready to play in any of those games too. And that's something we always complain about for the stars. They never had good starts. They it felt like they were never prepared. I think that's gotta be a little bit on the coach. And he had an entire second half of the season to figure it out with them. Like there was something going on when they dropped out of the first spot and he couldn't ever figure out what it was. Some of that has to go on the coach a little bit. I agree overall it's the players' deal and like I said they sucked. Bones wasn't playing, but he didn't really do anything to stop it from sucking.
2: But we we've heard rumors for years now about the Winnipeg Jets and like the the apparent toxicity in that locker room from the the core group.
0: Okay. So uh, what did he do but, to fix it? It I seems mean, like he, nothing. I,
2: I disagree. I mean, he it at least like got captain
0: Wheeler, and that was it.
2: Well, I mean, he seemed to be doing seemed to be doing well enough because he's returning to Winnipeg again next season. It didn't Even work. though he made like some of those comments that he made about his own team and about his own franchise and everything like that, for a lot of coaches, that would probably get them fired.
0: No. Yeah, I think the, the only reason no, he's it, staying it, there it, is because the team is blowing up. I don't think they're resigning. Yeah, okay, so double. yeah, uh, so
2: who, who do you think's gone? Do you do you think like Shirley Shifley is gone? Uh, I mean Wheeler maybe, maybe he- gone? gone. I don't think Hellebuck's going anywhere. To be honest with you, I think he is.
0: The, the comments he made after the game, too. It, I mean, he wants to go somewhere to win. If they give up two star players, he might demand a trade.
2: Uh, But I mean, is that the right thing to do with the Winnipeg Jets at this point is, and last question on them is just to blow it up and just maybe, I, I mean, do you rebuild or do you retool or I mean, what do you do? I mean,
0: we've heard how bad the room is for three years now and nothing has fixed. Nothing changed their, their coach. They had a great coach that left while they were playing good and he quit because the team was so bad together. So I think if the dressing room is really that bad, there's no retooling or fixing. It's just bad. got to undo it all.
1: And, and I thought that whole series could have gone way differently if in Game 3 they don't have that massive comeback in the third period. They were down 4-1, scored 3 to force overtime. And what do they do in overtime? They give it right to the Golden Knights, right in front of their own net, and it goes in the back of the net.
0: Yeah. And that's exactly what Bones was talking about. I mean, they, there's no pushback from them is, is what he said they are terrible with adversity they face adversity they fold and that's what they did
2: i i just hate to see that for bonus i i know a lot of I people don't. didn't like bonus mostly because of his coaching style but he, he, i mean he's a great guy right it, it's he's not like one he's not like a john tortorella right where
0: he sounded like john tortorella last night
2: he did oh, or that,
0: that was, was it, that's really what last i night? thought i don't think On it was Saturday? last night.
2: It was this weekend. It was was sometime this weekend, but I mean, he is genuinely a nice guy and everybody, especially players that talk about him, say he's like one of the nicest guys they've ever met. So yeah, I was was surprised.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what Blake Wheeler said. He's a man, man, bones is so nice. I always agree with every decision he makes.
2: (laughs) That's a direct quote. (laughs) All right, moving on, moving on. Okay. Uh, So, let's take a look at uh, some of the other first round series and we'll save the, we already talked about the stars in the wild. So we'll, we'll mention that later, but uh, let's go to hurricanes Islanders. Cause there's not as much to talk about here.
1: Uh, that's I mean, exactly how I expected. Not even gonna
2: lie. I, I, yeah. That's a kind of exactly how I expected, even though I did pick the Islanders to win.
1: I, even, it, it, I even saw the Islanders up in the, th- Third period of that game six, it was like, Oh, the Hurricanes are going to tie it, push overtime and win. Yep. Y'all better put some respect on
0: the Canes. Y'all both took aisle. No, I didn't. I'm pretty sure
1: you did. I took the Hurricanes.
2: Nah, I did not. I said said if
0: if
1: the Islanders faced the Bruins, they would have won, but Mm. I took the Hurricanes in six. That might
2: be what it was. Well, uh, there were three. Well, there could be possibly three upsets, although I, I don't know if. If the Rangers win over the Devils, I don't know if you necessarily call that an upset.
1: The Leafs over the Lightning is an upset, technically, in my opinion. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Let's Let's go ahead and get straight get into that too,
2: because there's not much to talk about with the Kane series. That's, I mean, the Kanes are gonna are gonna just keep going and they're gonna be fine. But the Maple Leafs finally do it, you guys. They finally do it for the first time since 2004. They advance to the second round of. The playoffs and they do win in overtime in game six over the tampa bay lightning and uh i, I think no one was more thrilled than
1: steve dingle <laughs> that's, actually, the, that's the best that video was, on twitter right now that was the first thing i right did now. that was so good
2: that was the first thing that i did is that i went to uh i went to youtube and i i tried to find the the sports net feed of the game to see how how he reacted and he was just overjoyed up the wall it, it, it was it was cool to watch it was cool yeah. to watch and and,
1: and and it took the lightning throwing multiple third period leads three third period leads
0: yeah and, and it lose all some, of them in overtime <laughs> and some outstanding goaltending i mean the leafs haven't had goaltending in a decade and they finally got some good goaltending i i
1: wouldn't say that it was that great if you look at it was way stats, above average. Samson you look was at very good. stats, then it's it says otherwise. But they they got enough to get out of the first round, which they hadn't gotten for years. So,
2: for me, I think when you look at this particular series, I think the story of it is Andre Vasilevsky. I don't know if you saw some of the stats. Dude. Was he the worst was. Playoff I mean. Ever.
1: I he's got to be fighting something or maybe game, the game the, five and six. He played fine. Honestly, in my opinion, I thought he played good in game five and game but six, he but he wasn't. He showed Andre up
2: late. Yeah. He wasn't Andre Vasilevsky. That's something that like multiple people talked about with that series is that he just didn't show up the same way he has the last three years. Now, whether that's like, you make three play playoff terms,
1: hurt, I mean, <laughs>
2: right. And that, see, that was that, that was the thing I was, it's either he's, he's kind of hurt or he's just, not really, really it. exhausted. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's probably the latter rather than uh, the first thing. But I mean, what what do y'all
1: think? I think that they'll be back next year and they'll probably make another deep run.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they've, they've gone three years in a row having the shortest off season possible. I mean, Vassalos, he probably played more games than anybody in the league over that stretch. So makes sense that he's tired.
2: So w- would you consider that an upset?
0: Yeah, that's yes. an upset. I mean, You think so? Okay. The Lightning have made the Stanley Cup 3 years in a row. So, that's an upset. Doesn't matter what the standings say.
2: That's okay. That's fair. That's fair. So, the Maple Leafs are very also very happy because of the fact of this next series. Uh Oh my word. The and, and so in 48 hours, three things happened that I was just absolutely surprised about. The Maple Leafs were able to finally get over that hump and get into the second round for the first time since 2004. The best team, the best regular season team in NHL history is no more, you guys. The Panthers took them out in seven games. It took seven games, but the Florida Panthers crawled their way back in. They were down 3-1 to in the series, and they end up winning the series in overtime off of a bizarre goal in Game 7. But it doesn't matter. So the Bruins and former Dallas Stars head coach Jim Montgomery—they're out. I mean, how shocked were you when I, I really thought that? Oh, that this is the Bruins all the way. They're just going to make it. It's, it's going to go to overtime. Well, but like well, the first
0: three
1: games made it can't. look that way. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like true. it looked like they were just going to run away with that series.
0: Yeah, and then Matthew Kachek slotted into this series and boom he almost won well, it by himself and the bigger yeah, thing that i think was the injuries from boston too i mean they if once you look run. at the end of the series they showed that the injuries that they had and the players that were actually out the entire series it, it, it's honestly not surprising especially with how good florida was playing down the stretch
1: well the i mean this was another game or another series where i thought like one game with one bad turnover for the entire thing on its head i mean game 5 the, the Bruins forced overtime and had it in overtime and the goaltender gives it away right in front of the net goes in automatically, not, not a chance. And from then, I mean, they have the craziest last three games of a series ever. I mean, the game six was like, there was like three or four lead changes the game in seven, five, and then game seven there's, the Bruins force another overtime and still just can't get it done. They just couldn't.
0: Well the Panthers forced that last overtime and scored with less than less than a minute left. Yeah, It was exactly that, a
1: minute left, right? Yeah, it was actually. The the Panthers took the early lead, the Bruins scored three straight, then the Panthers scored with one minute left to tie it and take the lead again at the end. Like yeah. it the the series was ridiculous. That was the most exciting one for sure.
2: Well, and here's the biggest question for me out of this series. I mean I, I did not understand this decision by Jim Montgomery. And I had some Boston Bruins fans on our podcast who to try and explain it to me, and I, I was still just kind of like, I, I don't agree with it. What was the decision by Jim Montgomery in Game 7? He goes with Jeremy Swayman, who hadn't played in almost two weeks, in Game 7.
0: Yeah, I
1: don't know. When you have yeah, Linus I, I thought that was the weirdest decision ever. and through. And...
2: and, and and the I mean Boston Bruins fans were like he looked really off in game five and in game six, and they've been able to switch back and forth between the two all season. And I'm like I, I heard it there was reports matter. that he was playing
0: injured as well, though. So he was playing hurt a little bit on top okay, of but, that.
2: But but still the, the, the deal is is this guy is going to win the Vesna. He he is going to win the Vesna. And I'm I mean when you get to the playoffs. I understand that there are teams that have a tandem and have really good tandems, like uh, like Boston, for example, with Mark and with Swayman. It's probably one of the best tandems in the NHL. But just to keep things consistent and to keep <laughs> that synergy going and that chemistry, I feel like you have to take one guy and ride him, and especially if it's a Vesna winner.
0: Well, you either gotta I, 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 do that, again, or you have to keep doing what you did during the regular season, and they didn't do either. It's not the
2: same as the playoffs, though, Christian. No, you they cannot didn't. do the same thing. What I'm thing saying in the is, they didn't
0: do either. They they stayed right in the middle. They tried to write old Mark, and then they abandoned it at the last second. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the absolute wrong thing to do. If you do something, at least you had the gonads to pick one, but they didn't, he didn't even do that. He he bailed on it last second. I mean, putting in a goalie, even someone who you've been playing all year. Like you said, freezing cold into a game seven, that's stupid. If you were going to do that, you had to do a game five. And that's where I think the biggest mistake was. If you want to do that, fine. But don't do a game seven. That's wrong.
2: And, you know, I'll respond to this one over here. Joe Mama. Joe Mama. Uh Swayman played fine. Quit Monday morning quarterbacking, Ryan. I'm not. I'm not here. I'm not saying at all that Swayman being bad. Monday morning quarterbacking,
0: though.
2: Okay, maybe, but but it's not it's not the fact that Swayman played bad. It's the fact that you have the Vesna winner in your in your tandem, and you don't have the confidence to go with him, or or regardless, whatever that Uh, that. That, I don't, I I don't understand care it if because he's hurt.
1: So, so I mean, we saw it in our series too. The Wild used a tandem, and what they do, they put Flurry in in Game Three early, early, early. They knew, they knew, or sorry, what was, a minute, game, two. Game, two, game two, game two, game two, game two, even earlier. They knew instantly whether they were going to use him or not. It's you, you don't leave when when you're the best regular season team ever. You should not have to randomly swap everything at the last second and hope that you win, which is what it felt like they did with choosing Swayman over Omar. I
2: don't know. But, I mean, we could talk about that for a long time. But I, ju- I just thought it was a really interesting decision by Monty there, and I didn't agree with it. But, oh, it looks like the Devils are probably going to win. It's 3 to nothing right now, gentlemen, in the third period. So, looks like. They are going to take care of business there. Okay. And then, so that's the that's a big series that I don't think anybody predicted going in the favor of the Florida Panthers. I did not. I, I think I said, I don't think I said five. I think I said six, but I don't remember. This was but, my sweep
1: series. <laughs> this was your
2: sweep series, and boy, where you <laughs> yeah. at? Well, and then in the other series, Colorado Avalanche are no more either, gentlemen. So... Two former I wasn't Stanley Cup. That one. I was not expecting this at all. So, the Kraken are the first team in NHL history to win their initial playoff series against the former defending Stanley Cup champions. This is the fourth time in NHL history that this has happened, where a team has gone into their first round series and played against the defending Stanley Cup champions. The Kraken are at the top of the mountain as the only team to ever have won that series. Um, how shocked were you at the, I mean, the outcome of this series? What, what, what did y'all think?
1: I mean, I followed this one pretty closely. Uh, it it doesn't surprise me as much because of how well the Kraken stayed out of the box for the most part. Honestly, I mean, for a lot of those games, they were only giving up two or three chances to the Avs. and and the Avs' power play was pretty atrocious too. They still they even killed off all those too. I mean, the second the the special teams just went away for the avalanche. It was like, it was all downhill. I mean, they, they played that series five on five, just like they wanted to. And that's what I said. I I picked the abs and six. And then I said, if the Kraken want to win the series, they got to play it five on five. And that's what they did. And they won the series.
0: They did the exact thing you said. Yeah. And the other thing is they won three out of their four games by one goal. Their first win was by two goals. So it, they, they were not and, blowing Colorado out of the water at any point they, yeah. they were holding on and they held on long enough. And like James said, mm-hmm. they killed the big opportunities when Colorado got them. They kept McKinnon relatively cornered up and they played a really solid team defensive game for a team that wasn't really known for that during the regular season too, which was really weird.
1: Yeah. And the, the three goals thing was something that I wanted to chime on. they, they never won a game that they scored more than 3 goals in. They scored 4 goals in one game, and the four games they won, they scored 3 goals 3 times and one and 2 goals once in the last game. Like is it's purely just holding the Avalanche where they are and giving them nothing.
0: Which makes that, no sense.
1: That and Grubauer just played amazing in that series.
0: Grubauer was fantastic.
2: <laughs> hey guys, this is Ryan here. Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank account somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or a dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on is Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point so you can listen to what you want, when you want, and without breaking the bank. If you were to lose your Raycon earbuds, they're not as expensive as some other earbuds out there that I'm not gonna name. So you don't have to feel bad about them as much when you do lose them. So they are on the cheaper side and they're also great, great quality. Raycon's mission, however, is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big-name tech brands out there, and you know who I'm talking about. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy-now, pay-later options, and right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee, They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping as well. And here's the best thing. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. That's how you know you're getting a really good quality product. Some of the other features on these earbuds are just absolutely incredible. I love the noise isolation because with three kids... Sometimes it's just nice to escape the world for just a second and not worry about anything else that is going on, although my wife would probably say that's not a good thing. But anyways, the other thing that I really like about these is they have custom gel tips as well. And with my ears, how they are, I have very small, tiny, itty-bitty, like, elf ears. So it's very hard for me to find, like, gel tips that actually fit well, but these do. And it's fantastic. I love it. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. I'm going to be paying close attention to the lines and odds on the DraftKings Sportsbook app for the Seattle Kraken and the Dallas Stars series, obviously. But I'm also looking forward to the Carolina Hurricanes and the New Jersey Devils series as well. Canes is kind of like my second team, I'll, I'll be honest. I like them a lot. But anyways, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Kansas, call 1 800 522 4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offered details. See slash boards book for details and state specific responsible gambling resources. I think there was a little bit of extra intangibles for Philip Grubauer there, you know. Former goaltender of the Colorado Avalanche. He was with them when they won. No, wait. No, he was not with them when he won the Stanley Cup. That was the year before. Mm-hmm. But still, he obviously probably feels disrespected by them because they let him go. Mm,
1: maybe not but, disrespected because it was it was in the expansion draft. Like, what are you going to do? But, I mean, I definitely. I don't
2: think they took
1: him. I think he signed they, there as a free agent. I'm pretty sure he went in the expansion draft.
0: I don't know. I can't, I can't arbitrate. Sorry.
1: <laughs> uh, someone to help us out. I mean, Joe mama,
0: I, Ardell, someone help us. I, out. I don't Aaron. think
1: that was a decision by the AVs to purposely do that. He just knew that it was his former team. And every time you play your former team, you get a little chip on your shoulder. I mean, we see it every time any stars forward or skater plays against us too. I mean, Klingberg scored a goal in the, in the wild series. It, it just happens. It just seems to happen.
2: He's a tr- yeah. it, it was a, he was atrocious the entire series So yeah, Defensively he was defensively, terrible. Yeah, he was bad. He was very bad. Yeah, that's um, not a shocker though. But it's not. No.
0: You want to hear something that is a shocker? Seattle Kraken 15th best defense during the regular season and if you didn't watch the regular season, and you didn't see that stat, you would have thought they were the best defensive team in the playoffs. Cuz they, they shut down the Colorado Avalanche who are a very good offensive team. They were injured but still, you got to give that credit where it's worth.
1: I mean, also, their penalty kill just came out of nowhere. They were ranked 19th in the league in penalty kill, and somehow they're able to hold off the abs for the whole series and give up, like, two or three power play goals. Yeah. I actually I think they went, like, the
0: 90%. So even lower. <laughs> mm.
2: And there were some there's some bizarre stuff coming out of uh, the Colorado team as well. I, I mean, did you hear the news so about Vilaria Nachushkin?
1: Yeah. Did you I don't want to speculate year? on that, man. No, I
2: don't <laughs> want to speculate on that either. But like, I, I tried to understand, and we're not gonna talk about it very much. But like, I tried to understand looking at articles and reading articles, and I'm totally confused. Like, he, like he just <laughs> Houdini'd himself. He's like off the face of the planet. Like no one can find him. I don't know. It's just weird. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go and look it up. There's there's news about it everywhere. So. <laughs> Anyways, I think it, and this will be a good way to to get into the Kraken and the Stars series. So, four series in the second round, we have got the Stars and the Kraken, the Knights and the Oilers, the Maple Leafs and the Panthers, and it looks like it's going to be the Hurricanes and the Devils. We'll, we'll give our predictions at another time, or I might just do a graphic and get y'all's ideas on what's going to happen in the second round, but... Let's dive into this uh, series a little bit, kind of the same simi- same way we did with the first round series against the Wild here. And let's talk about the the Ford groupings for the Seattle Kraken and for the Dallas Stars. All right. So, y'all were making fun of me in our group chat and talking about this team, and and you're and y'all were all like, "High and mighty," and we're like, I, "I know y'all were joking. I know y'all were joking, but like that we shouldn't be afraid of the Seattle Kraken." I am honestly more afraid of the Seattle Kraken because of how similar they are to the Dallas Stars in the way that they roll four lines with their forward group.
1: So, except our lines are way better. <laughs> I mean, objectively, <laughs> they James, are. Let all him of, cook. Let him all cook of our players James. are more skilled. James, so, let him cook.
2: So, okay, so <laughs> yeah, here's what I'm talking about. So, with the Wild, we were able to shut down their top players, and their bottom six just don't score. That's just how that the team played and they just bullied you to a pulp and that's how they won their game. that's that's their style. Seattle Kraken in the way that they play is very similar to the way that the stars play. So and, and I think throughout the lineup, uh, defensively and offensively. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how the stars react to a team that plays very similar to them because they do just like the stars, they roll through all four lines. And the other thing that's, I, I, this may, may be silly to some of y'all, but they don't really have like a quote unquote superstar player, right? We have a robo. Well, not anymore, We have that. a Hens. Okay. The, I would consider those superstar players. For the Kraken, they've got Jared McCann, who scored 40 goals. That, I mean, that's no, about don't. it. Oh, okay. They do. Okay. They don't. Okay. But, <laughs> they
1: don't. but
2: you understand, like, like he, he may or may not be in the series, but you understand what I'm saying. They, they have very good, like, contributions from the offense from all lines. And it, it's kind of all the way throughout the lineup. And I, I think it's that is what Seattle has something better over the Dallas Stars is they've got more balanced offense through their four lines. I think we have it. We have it good as well. as. I I really do think that, but I don't know. What do you think?
0: Uh, I agree with the rolling four lines thing. They do that very similar to the stars. Um, I'm going to make the point that James was making. The, The offensive potential that the stars have is just far superior in my opinion. And the depth players that we have are more role players than they are on the Kraken. You look at our fourth line and those guys have specific roles. Foxa and Glendinning are winning faceoffs, and they are penalty kill specialists. And that really sets us apart, especially on the special team side um, against the Kraken is that we have players that have roles. So these guys are all very good and very well-rounded players. It doesn't feel like they have the specific roles that the stars do. And I think that gives us a huge advantage in the forward group.
1: Yeah. They're, they're, the, the way the Kraken won the first round series is by playing five-on-five. Five. And if they play five-on-five five versus the Stars, I don't know that they're going to win. I mean, it worked because the Avs have a beat-up team. They essentially had one line. And honestly, it, again, if they didn't play five-on-five, five, they could have gotten beat up by that one line. But, I mean, going into a series against a full a full team on the other side too, I mean, both of these teams are relatively healthy. It's it's going to be really tough for them to play the same way. and. If they get in penalty trouble at all, I mean, that, that series is going the Stars' way without a doubt. I mean, they, they kill them on both sides on special yeah. teams.
0: We already mentioned special teams twice, so I'll just get give you the stats there. We already mentioned a little bit. Penalty kill during the regular season, Seattle Kraken was 21st, and in power play, they were also 21st. So if this game gets penalties in it, the Stars are going to be dominating that. Stars are top five in both categories. The, the other thing
1: I'll point out, is that in the season series between the Kraken and the Stars, the Stars obliterated their penalty kill. I mean, it wasn't even close. It felt like we scored on every single one.
0: Yeah, and the Kraken are going to be coming off a series where they don't have much time to prepare for the Stars' power play. So we'll we'll see what their coaches can do.
2: So the the thing about Seattle is that some of the deficiencies that they seem to have in the regular season – they were able to take care of those in the playoffs, and that's where they were able to kind of force their way to have Colorado lose the series. I mean, their goaltending got tremendously better. We, we've we talked about it for a couple of years now with Philip Grubauer that he's been rough, and he was excellent in that series against the Colorado Avalanche, especially in Game 7. I mean, I watched that game. Uh, at the Airbnb where we were staying, and I was just like, wow. Like, uh, we, I have not seen him play like this in several years. So if he can play any sort of similarity to that against the Stars, then he gives them a chance to beat the Stars. Now, let me give you guys the odds. This is from The Athletic about the how the series will go and what they think. So the odds for the Stars... It's believed that the best way for the Kraken to possibly win this series is to win it in seven, which makes, which makes sense, obviously. The stars are the very much the heavy favorite in this series. Uh, there's a 14% chance they finish it in four, 24 and 5, 19 and 6 and 18 and seven. And that's all significantly higher than any of the percentages that the Seattle Kraken have of winning the series. Uh, There's a 2% chance that the Kraken win the series in four. Um, (laughs) 5% in five games, 8% in six games, and 9% in seven games. So if you take all those numbers, you add them all together, the Stars have a 76% chance of winning the series according to the numbers that Dom LeCision and some of the others have put together. And the Seattle Kraken have a 24% chance.
0: That was a lot of numbers.
2: It was a lot of numbers. and I'm glad you said them fast. Yeah, that's why <laughs> was that's why I'm trying them. to get there. The the thing is is that this article go has even more it's ridiculous. So if you want to go look at the numbers, go look at the numbers. But the deal with the Stars is and what I'm going to be curious about is and this is why I bring up the numbers is they're heavily favorites in this series compared to the Minnesota Wild series. They, they it was neck and neck I feel like with a lot of people more people were leaning towards the Stars. Yes, they were. But they there were still a lot of people there saying, I don't know, maybe Minnesota can get in there. And now more people are saying, okay, Seattle doesn't seem to have a chance against this Dallas Stars team. But they proved in their first round series against the Colorado Avalanche, nobody gave them a chance against Colorado. Nobody. Zero. I think it was like some of the most of the polls I saw, there was most people were saying, Oh, well, Colorado's gonna win the series. Like 95% of people were saying that. 90 and above. So that will be interesting to see how that goes for the stars and how they handle that sort of pressure because i mean they really are the overwhelmingly heavy favorites
1: i think for for the stars to win this series they're going to have to be really good on the power play they're going to have to score power play goals if they if the kraken are able to shut down the power play like they shut down the avs power play then we might truly be in trouble but if you score any amount on the power play and and you just you play solid five on five because that's what they're gonna do too you just play solid five on five i think this is a team where matching their play five on five is not necessarily a bad thing because i mean they play hard defense and they they don't play as heavy a style as minnesota wild so you're not gonna get a uh, mega fork-checked and just nailed and drilled into the boards every time you touch the puck.
0: Yeah. I get what you're saying, Ryan, with that, that that's kind of maybe the X factor, but I-, I still feel like the stars were heavy favorites in the first series too. I mean, if you dug into the numbers just a little bit on stars versus wild, the stars should have won that series easily. And in the end, they kind of did. The only reason it wasn't a five one was because of a lucky bounce in an overtime. So I think the stars are more than capable of handling that pressure, which I don't think is pressure. I think it's get the job done. Um, And then you also got to think about the part that you mentioned, this team and the core of this team has been through every scenario in the playoffs. They've been through losses. They've been through successes. They have the playoff experience. So I don't think anyone's going to be underestimating this team or counting this series as in the bank already. I I think if anything, it'll be the opposite. they will give them too much credit.
2: I want to talk about the rosters, uh, roster for the stars, because Joe Pavelski has been told he's going to be playing in Game One, and they yeah let that known yeah Joe Pavelski was told
0: he didn't tell them for sure. No,
2: no. well, I mean he has to go through protocol and stuff like that. But, anyways, we saw in line rushes today that he was actually not on the top line in line rushes. He was actually out there with uh, Domi and Marchment and Sagan stayed on that top line.
1: I don't think that
2: that's going to stay that way for very long, especially if the Stars struggle.
1: It might, but it's hard to take a player who scored five goals in the first series off of the top line. I mean, that's tough.
0: Yeah, but and let's not act like this is unprecedented. The exact same thing happened earlier in the season with Hintz. I mean, when Hintz was injured, Sagan was playing really well on the top line. We're like, all right, we're going to leave Sagan up there until it doesn't work. It stops working and it's right back to the top line. And here we are off to the races again. So either solution is fine. And you're just going to keep riding Sagan until it stops working. And then you're going to go back. So I don't think it's a bad thing. And I think honestly, Pavelski with Marchment and Domi could kind of sneakily be a really good option. Cause you have the two big fast guys. that like to throw their weight around. And you got a really smart guy who is always in the right position. I think it could be really, really beneficial. And if it's not switch it after the first period. That's uh- true.
2: My, my only thing, and this is exactly what I was thinking, Eric over here, Robo needs Paps.
1: I don't and think he does. I I, well, I really don't think he does. I don't think
2: we've seen full supers. And again, I'm sounds like I'm getting onto, onto Robo, but I'm not, I don't feel like we've seen superstar Robertson yet in the playoffs. And he, I, I think he, with he, Pavelski being out, it shows that Robertson really relies on Pavelski more than I think we realize I don't and think and does. if we can I, I get, think you're wrong I really think that. we, I think if we need Pavelski to get Robertson going. And I, I think that's a thing. And I, I, I'm with you guys. I don't think either way it's going to be bad. I, I think either way it's going to be fine. And if one way doesn't work, then go back to the other way. And, and it's, it'll both ways seem, have seemed to work. But I really think that you still start with Pavelski on the top line because Robertson really needs him.
0: The The idea that Robertson is struggling is just not true. I mean, it's he has. He had the second most points on our team. He had seven points for the Stars. The, the, so,
1: he's he, he's doing the same thing he did all season long, which is he would score for a lot in a certain amount of games, and then the next couple of games he would not score, but he would still pick up a bunch of assists. And he kept picking up points and assists. And then he goes back and he scores more again, and then he goes back to getting a lot of assists. He switches back and forth. This isn't a new thing. It We've seen it the whole season long. There's a he's eventually going to start scoring again. And he's going to score tons in that, like in the next five games, and it's going to go away again.
0: And, and when we, I, also, we also talked about how Minnesota was the team that matched up best against specifically Jason Robertson too. I mean, Jason Robertson fair. does that's not fair. like it's the physical style that that is probably the exact opposite of his game. And we actually saw him make a big hit in this series, even so he was pretty far out of his comfort zone there. Seattle is not, I mean, <laughs> despite the Everly hit, that, that is not how they play. They are not going to play a physical, hard-hitting style. Um, like they still said, we'll can do it, though. They can. still can do it. If they come out with that game plan, that would be shocking, especially considering just what the Stars did to Minnesota, who was the most physical team of the playoffs. so how the whole do you, league, honestly. <laughs> that's what I was saying, yeah, whole playoffs.
2: I was going to ask a different question, but how do you think they're going to come out game one against the Dallas Stars? Do you think they're going to be a more balanced approach? And look or just really focus on the defensive side and look for opportunities to counterattack Because I think that's the way the stars kind of leaned into, especially in game five. And they really figured out, okay, this really works. We can play this style. And in game six, they would just, there's no chance for Minnesota.
0: Not saying this to try and be mean. The only way that Seattle Kraken can beat the stars is if they play like they did against in game seven, against the Abs. they're going to win games Have two to, to one, nothing. three to two. They have to give the Stars nothing, take no penalties, and Grubauer has to be fantastic.
1: And we have to hit three posts.
0: And we have to hit
2: three Don't let Bjorkstrand touch the puck. I mean, seriously, the guy. Didn't he, he's the one that hit all three posts, right? I, I yeah, so. At least hit two.
0: Yeah, but it, even so, I mean, we, we joked about how the Stars should blow out this team. It They, they should. I and mean, You look at every stat, even during the playoffs, Even to those stats, you take away the incredible special teams advantage that the Stars have. They still have a crazy advantage on the top line, on the second line. And then you go down to the fourth line where that is the biggest advantage of the Seattle Kraken is their depth, probably. And the Stars are equally as deep as the Seattle Kraken. If there's any team that is just as deep as Seattle, it's the Dallas Stars. So that's taking away their advantage right there. The only thing that I think that Seattle has on the Dallas stars five on five would be their play against our bottom two defensemen. Um, it, I think Pete DeBoer did an exceptional job of protecting those two guys in series against Minnesota. Um, not giving them the ice time against their best players, making sure Miro was out there against uh, Johansson and against Kaprizov most of the time. Cause if you look at the advanced stats, the bottom two guys for the stars are tops in advanced stats across the board, which is like, how protected. does that make sense? It's because they, they played against the bad players. They played against the AHL guys right. that Minnesota right. was sticking out there. So I think that was coaching that really came down to that. And you're not gonna be able to do that against Seattle. That fourth line can score and will.
2: What I am worried about with this series though, you guys, with the forwards, when it comes to scoring is, is the special teams and not necessarily the special teams in, in general. What if, the power play starts to dry up because we've we again we've mentioned it before it's been streaky all year and I, then I in, mean, that's the, just in the, the biggest series against ever. hold on hold on yeah that's, <laughs> that's what I was about to say okay. in this series against the Minnesota wild they were they had a hard time scoring five on five I mean, I mean that's that's it happened they scored more goals on the power play than they did five on five and that's something that Seattle has been very good about in the regular season and against in that in that series against Colorado as they were very good five on five and make and making sure that they dominated five not maybe dominate is the wrong word but they were very good five on five so that's just an area of concern for me.
1: What what if Otter lets in four goals a game?
0: Yeah <laughs> that's what that, that's what I was getting to. I mean the, the stars have to be good on the power play. I mean and they are they are obs- objectively better than the seattle kraken on the power play that's one of your points that you're going to win at if if you completely fall off on one of your biggest strengths of course it's going to be a lot harder
1: yeah and that's that's what i really thought was a a big deal with the kraken av series i mean the avalanches power play just fell off a cliff
2: yeah you're you're not wrong about that you're absolutely not wrong okay let's move on really quickly because we're already running out of time here um let's talk about the defensemen. Guys, there is another former Dallas Stars defenseman on the other side. Round one was John Klingberg; it was a KO for the Stars. This one might be a little harder because this guy is six-seven. Mr. Jamie Alexiak is going to be playing against the Dallas Stars, and based off of what I read, I went and looked at several different, you know, blog posts, uh, articles on on the Athletic, uh, local articles there in Seattle. They have loved and adored Jamie Alexiak. And especially in the that last two games of the series, teams. he played exceptionally well and they could not stop talking about how well he played in that series.
1: So that's because he's a good player.
2: Yes. <laughs> and he's exceptional. And, but what I did point out on Twitter and I said, last time the stars faced against a former Dallas stars, we also saw how that went. So I'm kind of hoping for the same outcome here against the Seattle Kraken.
0: Yeah. My, my biggest thing with the Seattle decor is the exact same thing that I talked about with their forwards. I mean, it looks like they have six second pair defensemen. So, so that that's great for their bottom pair, but for their top pair that's going to have to play against the stars best line. I mean, Adam Larson and Vince Dunn. I mean, if, if, if I'm ropey hands, I'm licking my chops. Honestly, I, I don't think that they are going to be good enough to, to, sh- to shut those guys down. Honestly.
2: Adam Larson is very good defensively, but Vince Dunn had a remarkable offensive season for the Seattle Kraken. I think he had like 70 or 80 points, something it, like that.
0: Just, just Those guys as your top pair, it, it it doesn't look like a top pair in my opinion. It really doesn't.
2: I don't know. Just got to be careful. Uh, Obviously, the Stars had the better defense in my opinion. I mean, if you put Miro on one side and then the... Seattle defense on the other side, and you just do it based off of that, Miro versus the other six. (laughs) Easily Dallas still wins that.
0: I'll argue in favor of Seattle on that one there. I mean, you look at Carson Susie and Justin Schultz and you compare that to Harley Hanley. I'm gonna take Susie and Schultz every time, too, though. I mean, that's a very good bottom pair.
2: I don't know. Based off of the way that uh, not necessarily Hanley, but how Harley has played since he's come been called up from the Texas Stars. I don't know. He's been pretty solid.
0: Remember, those are those are very protected minutes. I mean, Pete DeBoer was a very good at making sure that they were not in bad situations. I don't know
2: if uh, Dave Haxtell, the head coach for the Kraken, does the same thing with uh, with his bottom pairing either, with Schultz and uh, uh, Susie. Sorry, I, his name escaped me. But anyways, um, let's take a look at goaltending. Obviously, this is easy for for, for us to say. Who has the advantage in this category?
0: I mean, we're going to say Otter for sure, but you can't discount what Grubauer did in the last two games that they played. If he was fantastic, it's going to be a tough series. Yeah. It it totally could turn into a goalie duel.
2: And that was the thing in the article, the athletic article that they did was the X factor is What they called it is the question is, is Philip Grubauer back? And if you looked at the last two games of the series against the Avs, you could say yes, but like I mentioned, he had that extra motivation against the Avalanche. I, he didn't necessarily have that yeah. same. And it, people say, oh, well, that's not a big deal. It makes a difference. It really does. There is a motivational tactic used in that.
1: We're, we're definitely going to see if it if it really was he had a chip on his shoulder playing his old club or if it's if if he's just truly back. I mean, that's what we're going to find out game one.
2: Yeah.
0: And yeah. In, in either way, looking at it, I think Gruber has to be fantastic and even yet Otter might still be better than him. I mean, I think Otter's best play is going to be better than Gruber's best play. Um, And Otter obviously looks fantastic. The last three games he's been unbeatable and Gruber was still getting goal score. I mean, Otter almost had two shutouts in a row to close out the series. So uh, I'm never going to count against Otter, especially in big games like this.
2: I really think that he is the X factor. Like I know, they talked about Philip Grubauer. If Philip Grubauer can get somewhere close to give his team an opportunity, I don't even think it matters if Ottender is on his game. The,
1: the the biggest thing about this series to me is that everyone on the Kraken has to play amazing, and the Stars have to play not amazing, which have to is play good. <laughs> which, which is not going to happen. I mean, I, I just don't see it happening. It, it's going to take some some absolutely
0: outstanding play from the Kraken for us to. Lose the series, in my opinion. Yeah, especially with how healthy we are right now, is is the number one thing. I mean, if the stars were injured the same way the Avalanche were, obviously I'm a little bit more scared about it. But we have everybody now. the The only issue we have is Pavs is coming back from an extended break, and we're worried about concussions, which shouldn't really affect his speed and skating, which he already didn't have a lot of anyway. <laughs> but but I mean, it's just scary. <laughs> how for dare
2: me. you? That's Joe Pavelski. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: It's just scary injury to have but I mean a fully healthy Dallas stars if you compare them to, with any statistic, the stars beat them.
2: okay last question well last two questions but last serious <laughs> question what's the outcome in this series what's what's your prediction?
0: I mean this is gonna sound way overly Homie. confident. It's it stars in five. If you look at every stat, the stars were fantastic. Seattle played very well against the Colorado Avalanche. I don't think they played fantastic, honestly, but they played extremely well. And they barely scraped by. And they were missing a whole line and another forward. So, I don't even feel like the Kraken are heading into this series rolling, it doesn't feel like. It feels like they slid by. Survived. So, uh, I'm saying it's, it's Dallas Stars in five. This is... We talked about last year's series. You have to win. You got to win this series, man.
2: Yeah. And I, I think right off the bat, game one is going to be super awkward because there's not, a, there's no history here between these two teams, uh, especially with playoffs. And you they don't really know how – <laughs> Right. Like, And, like, Seattle had a thing against the Avs because they they've had a little bit of history. And the Stars had a lot of history with Minnesota, obviously. But this might be an awkward series to begin with, and it may take a couple of games before we start to see that intensity that we saw in the first round. That's just a a side thing.
0: I think game one is a trap game for the stars, though. I mean... And
2: that that, I
0: was worried about that, too, actually, yes. Yeah, so let's just get into that. They just played last night. I mean, they are still fully in survival mode, I would say, and the stars have been chilling for a little bit, so they might be a little bit off of it. Um, So as long as the stars get back into the mentality that they had in games five and six of the Minnesota wild series, where they're playing desperate hockey and winning every puck battle. You got to get back into that mindset and attack it straight on. If we win the first two games of this series and we take both home ice games, I mean,
2: I feel good about the series. Yes. I feel good I about the series. That's the right way to say.
0: Thank you. Brian.
1: I, I, we're really going to, we're going to know, instantly after game one whether this series is going to be over in five or it's going to take seven i mean it's this isn't going to be a series that's going to sneak up on you and surprise you after the first game you'll know where it's heading i agree all right
2: so oh that was amanda cameo (laughs) cameo amanda hanging out she's eating guacamole by the way
1: i really so
2: i might have to steal something a little bit uh james what's your prediction though give us your prediction
1: I'll say stars and six out of fear that we, we might just drop two because of Grubauer.
2: I'm going to say stars and six as well, just because I'm afraid that they're going to have enough fight in them. And especially Grubauer will, will do something or, and I'm scared of Oliver Bjorkstrand right now. I mean, I mean, the guy is playing like a bat out of Hades right now. Like, I don't know if you watched him in game seven, he was, he was absolutely ridiculous. I watched the
0: game I feel like you're just getting lucky. The puck is just following him the whole game long. I don't even feel I like he's doing anything exceptional. But who cares? I, true. Who cares? I
1: mean, <laughs> a heater. He's <laughs> Eater. We just got to move him off of it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I think that's it. Anything else we need to mention? Oh, I guess my. No, I said, I said, Stars and Six here.
1: Okay. Anything else? Right. Uh, I just wanted to thank Ardell again for. Sending me and my dad to Game Five—that was awesome. Yeah. That was, yeah, that that's true. the first playoff game that I've gone to that the Stars actually won.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, thanks, Ardell. Everyone, that's give so, Ardell our thanks.
2: Yeah. So wait, why did we send you in the first place, James? Maybe you yeah, were the that was curse. not a
0: good decision.
1: I'm <laughs>
2: glad we brought <laughs> <I> the <that first laughs> this
0: time,
1: and I think it worked.
0: There you go.
2: Okay. Okay. That's fair. All You're right. Right
0: beanie.
2: All right, guys. Uh, for those of you that are listening live with us right now. Sixteen of y'all in the chat over there. We appreciate y'all listening live with us. The New Jersey Devils do end up winning the game, gentlemen. I think it was four to nothing. That's fine. For eight. <laughs> 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 oh man, that's bad. But anyways, <laughs> so the so the Devils do go. They're going to play against the the Hurricanes. Uh, that will be an interesting series. I'm rooting for the Canes in that one. But uh, also for those of you that are listening afterwards, we appreciate y'all. Please consider leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts, or if you're watching on YouTube, comment, like, subscribe, all that jazz. And as always, we thank our sponsors, Raycon and DraftKings Sportsbook, for being our sponsor. Use that promo code THPN for both of those entities. And again, we appreciate them very much. Along with Chris and along with James, my name is Ryan. We will catch you guys on the flip side, and we hope to see you guys tomorrow night. Round two starts. And hope you guys have a good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever y'all are listening. And yeah, see you guys tomorrow. Go Stars.